and welcome to Mentality Meets, part of the Mindshift Forum 2022, conversations that explore mental health stories and strategies to help leaders like you change the culture of mental health in your workplace. I'm Peter Larkin, mental health instructor and expert and your host for today. So this year, our theme is hope. What is it? What does it look like? Where do we go to find it? So today we're talking with Chandos, also known as Chandy. Chandos is a disability and mental health campaigner, speaker, as well as an advocate for young people's rights. Having undergone surgery on a brain tumour, Chandy is now left with partial paralysis. Over the last month, Chandy has experienced two separate situations of verbal abuse relating to his disability and is now consciously acknowledging these as hate crimes. So today's session is all about hope in the midst of hate. How do we stand up for people with disabilities and show a solidarity? As Chani says, disabled people shouldn't have to change to fit into society. Society needs to change. Now, if you'd like to join the Mindshift Forum 2022, please sign up and take the HOPE assessment at www.peterlarkham.com and find the Mindshift Forum tab. For all those watching on YouTube, like the video, leave a comment, hit the subscribe button and get the latest content to help you with your mental health journey. And if you have personal experience about any of this, please get in touch. Anyway, let's not wait any longer. Here's my conversation with Chandos Green. I'm a member of the Speakers Collective um, and I joined that because as a child at the age of three, I was diagnosed with a brain tumour and I've had to undergo surgery on uh, two separate occasions in childhood, one at three and one at six years old. Um, for the same brain tumour and then during my first year at university I was re- a, a regrowth of the tumour meant that I had to undergo surgery again so I delayed graduating by a year because I had to redo my first year um, and then after I graduated I started to share my story more openly and honest like be honest about what I was struggling with um, and that's led me to become a mental health campaigner and disability advocate and in the last couple of weeks and months um, I've I've experienced more disability-related hate crime. So a couple of months ago, I was in Kingston-upon-Thames in near London, and I was laughed at and told to walk properly, um, but using quite verbal and abusive language. And then in the last month or so, th- on three separate occasions, I've been laughed at or people have made comments about the way I've been walking, um, whether that's because I'm not walking in a straight line or just because of the way that on my leg, I walk with my legs when I'm tired, because um, I have a left-sided weakness as a result of my brain tumour. Um, and so, let me let me just dip back into this. Um, so, having kind of gone through surgery for a brain tumour, people who know nothing about you, who have no idea about the history that you've been through, about um, what you've actually overcome in the context of your life are simply seeing you at the face value of someone who uh, is walking with a with a limp um, or kind of to, to a slight, slight slant and verbally abusing you because of it. Is that right? Yeah, so um, I won't repeat some of the language that was used, but I was told, told to walk effing properly on one occasion. Um, on another one in the last couple of weeks, um, I was just because sometimes I have to use a, a like a, a walking stick crutch from the hospital to get about when I'm really tired. Um, and they saw that I wasn't, I didn't look like I needed it, and they were laughing and joking about it. Um, 
and this was a group of like children, young people, um, which when when you're um, obviously not all disabilities are visible, um, which makes it hard. But obviously, when someone then comments on the fact that you're physically disabled, it makes you question: Should I just ignore it? Should I say something and challenge them, or should I? So on one occasion I didn't, on the next occasion I did. But again, that was met with them running away and not wanting to talk to me and understand my point of view um, because I was happy to speak to them. And obviously not every young, every person who's experienced disability-related hate crime wants to speak to someone there and then. But given the work that I do um, and the, the the aim that I have for doing my talks and stuff is to empower disabled people to show that... Um, you don't have to change to fit into society, which um, a lot of the language and the discrimination that is is faced by disabled people is to say that they're not good enough or they need to change to be accepted. Because I find that really frustrating um, and really angering, actually. And I suppose the angering side of it is that Okay, let me let me be honest with this because this is probably the hardest part. Is as a teenager, I was the bully, um, and I know how easy it is, therefore, to find yourself in a position where you see someone of a disability or of a different color or whatever form of discrimination you want to you want to pick and vent. But now that I'm and I don't know that I do the work that I do and hearing the stories of actually how damaging it is, is firstly kind of quite painful. Um, as I think back to the teenager that I was. Um, and, but also wanting to somehow come to this conversation with you uh, in a way of saying, so how do we, how do we challenge this? How, how does someone without disabilities help someone with disabilities to actually challenge the discrimination, to, to challenge the language? And like you say, it's not about kind of people with disabilities needing to change to fit into society, but actually it's society needing to change to make it more inclusive and make it less of a, a, a discriminatory thing to even experience and to have. Um, and so I, I want to, but with this, with the theme this year being about hope, is I want to somehow turn the conversation around and go. Well, how do we how do we bring hope into this conversation? How do we begin to shift and challenge society? Um, and what would that actually look like for for someone who experiences this uh, firsthand? So I think obviously disability discrimination is quite a unique thing, and that. Disability can mean a different something different to everyone, um, whether that's because they have a family member or friend who's affected by disability, or whether that's because the person who is disabled by society um, or by the environment around them can't doesn't have, have a voice because they've been told that they're not good enough or they don't have the confidence to speak up when when dis- discrimination and and hate crime happens because often, in my experience, when it's happened in the past, I've not gone forward to say anything about it to the local authority or to whoever because I've been scared that it's, I'm just overthinking it or 
it, I just brush it off. But then that doesn't hold those people who are saying those things to account. And to 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 go back to the question of how do we inspire hope and how do we move forward from this, um, I think the government has has identified it to be a problem because it was in their disability strategy last year that hate crime was one of the things that they wanted to address. So I think there is an understanding there is a problem, even in my local area. Um, our police and crime commissioner has said it's a problem, um, as of probably others in the in their local communities around the UK. Um, but we need to now put those meaningful comments into action, which I think is where that hope comes in. And I've found that I could get angry about the situation. And believe me, I was really angry and upset when I went when I got home on both occasions, on every occasion, um, especially in the last month. Um, just because I think I'm I'm I shouldn't let it affect me, but I I just I got to that point where I was just fed up. But I think for me, sharing it on 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 Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, on all of my social media, and hearing the comments back from people saying. I've had the same thing or my brother or my sisters had the same experience or similar experiences because of their, they're disabled. And that then drives a conversation because people are engaging with the topic. Um, and me, me posting about it on social media has led to people organizing a march um, along the seafront in a week from today to stand against disability hate crime. And that wouldn't have happened had I not shared my story and and I could have like just stayed quiet and not posted about it, which I was tempted to do. But then it's kind of like I'm talking about this day to day, but I'm not showing about my own lived experience in that respect and how it's really upset me. And I posted a video on TikTok and um, I had so many people message me saying, thank you for, for sharing your story and opening up and stuff. And I've had so many messages since of people wanting to learn more and wanting to engage with the topic more. And I think that's where the hope comes in is that we can do something now that we know about it. We just have to keep this momentum going. Because education is, is key, isn't it? I mean, in so many different ways. Um, and I want to pick up on the, the walk. So the walk is happening on Friday, the 17th of June, and it's going from Bournemouth Pier to Boscombe Pier. Um, and so if anyone's listening to this and wants to join, um, they're meeting at Bournemouth Pier at 10.30 on Friday, the 17th of June, 2022, just in case you're listening to this a year in advance uh, and kind of thinking, oh, right, I'll go down. Um, but yeah, so Friday, 17th of June, uh, 2022, uh, 10.30, meeting at Bournemouth Pier. Um, and I'll tell you, when I originally kind of was having a conversation with you about this, I thought I, I had the wrong date. So I am free. So it is now in my diary to come down uh, and join you uh, for the walk at uh, Boscombe Pier. I just need to make sure that I can get back to pick up the kids. Uh, but I'll figure that out. It's all all kinds of uh, logistical bits and pieces that I need to do. But because it's really important, actually, that when people resonate with the conversation around hate crime and disability, there needs to be a collective and I think it's I think it's fascinating that, that other people have heard this story and said hey Chandy we want to stand with you uh, and they're actually organizing it's not something that you have organized they, they're organizing it um, and pushed it out on social media and I picked up on their post about it as well um, 
And so I would like to encourage anyone who is listening to the Mentality Meets podcast uh, before the 17th of June, uh, 2022 uh, and 10.30, if you can come down and join us and stand with us in this, um, because that is how the message gets out there. That is how uh, we begin to educate people around the severity of, of hate crimes. Now, Chandy, I don't know, and I don't know if, if you know the answer to this, but with it being a crime, what does that actually mean? So if somebody experiences uh, abuse verbally, physically, uh, around disability and, and the hate uh, and it being a crime, what does that actually mean? I don't know if you know the answer to this. So um, I um, I know a bit, but not obviously not a lot. But um, so it becomes a disability hate crime when it's the it is to do with the impact on the individual. So when I was when I was asked to tell uh, tell the police about it, it was how did it make me feel? How did it impact on my life? And obviously, normally I can I can ignore it or I can find I can talk about it and then feel okay. But on these occasions, it's left me fearful of leaving the house, which is kind of why I think my friends are doing the walk is to to show the solidarity and standing with each other in in times of difficulty and in times of discrimination. Um, and so it's that intent and did it have an impact on me as an individual? No, it's more complex than that. But um, I think, it, yeah, I think it, it just, because there's a difference between it being an incident and it being a, a hate crime. Um, and so, yeah, but for me, it was because of the impact it had on me. Um, now there's different routes of how you can overcome these things and, um, obviously speaking with individuals and having that restorative justice approach is probably the best one I find because I'm not, I'm all about awareness, about communicating to, to, to understand other people's point of view. Cause, um, I heard a quote from Simon Sinek who, um, on a YouTube video this morning, funny enough. Um, and he was saying that when we communicate and listen, we interpret listening as you telling me something and then me just saying oh yeah cool and like making it look like I'm listening but listening is actually sitting there with the individual and not trying to say anything or do anything trying to fix the situation or try and find a solution for them necessarily it's just sitting there with them and acknowledging that yeah times are tough and this is a really rubbish situation but we can get through this together or I'm here for you as long as you need um and I think going back to the the points you're making about the walk like I didn't ask my friends to do this. Like they just messaged saying we've organised this, this walk, ITV are coming down, all this. And the local Echo who um, reached out and said they wanted to cover the story was all from them seeing me sharing it online and just being open and honest. And that just being there and saying, right, I don't understand what we're going through necessarily, but help us educate other people is what makes a massive difference. Mental ill health costs UK employers around £1,700 per team member each year. That's a staggering £45 billion every year. Despite a general awareness that mental health is more of a problem than ever, most people have no idea what to do. This is where we can help. Mentality is a one-hour video course equipping your staff to spot the signs of poor mental health and take action. Invest in your people. From the cleaner to the CEO, because every person, whoever they are, can be affected.
So at the beginning, you were saying that uh, it was youths, and I made the, the, the honest declaration that actually I was probably one of those youths, um, which hurts, actually, when I think about it. Um, and I would like to ask, so if there's a, a little snippet of this video that we can take away, um, that we can show to young people as an education process, um, I would like to ask, Chandy, from your perspective, how do we help young people to see that what they are doing is not only hurtful um, and often insulting, but is actually can get somebody to a place where they feel afraid to leave the house, you know, because of the impact that what they have said or what they have done has had? because I would like to try and get this to as many schools. So I'm doing a, a youth mental health first aid course in a couple of weeks. Um, but I'd love to just begin to explore how do we get this message out to young people uh, in assemblies or what? So Chandy, what would you say to any young person who, whether they're with their mates or whether they're on their own and they see somebody with a disability and they get an urge to shout out something, what is your word of encouragement? Within the disability rights movement, there's a statement that I've come to know quite well doing my, my research for my dissertation into disability rights, and it's nothing about us without us. So to address the problem of discrimination and stuff, um, it's hard to understand what every disabled person might be experiencing. And the same is with mental health, like you can't experience every single mental health diagnosis or like challenge or whatever someone might be going through, whether it's mental health, disability, or just a general challenge. You can't know how someone's always feeling, but you can be there. You can go with them on that journey. And yes, that's hard to do sometimes. And But ask how you can be an advocate and an ally for them and for their like for what they're going through. Um, because they like I will be open and honest with people who ask me. It just takes someone to say, how can I help you or what what do you need right now and no not everyone will want to to have that conversation with with other people especially when there's a fear of judgment and a fear of them then going away and having things to say about that person or make a judgment or a view on them but i'd say to every young person just um in fact you know i don't know um maybe that life is hard for all of us like especially after post covid and like going through COVID, we've all been through it together. We all know how it feels. Um, and if you don't know how someone's feeling or what they might be going through, either don't say anything um, and just acknowledge you don't understand what they're going through, so I can't comment. And even if you do know what they might be going through, don't make a judgment or a view on that without understanding the situation fully or speaking to them first. That's awesome. Thank you. And... I suppose kind of the other question which I want to ask you is for anyone who may be listening who has experienced the impact of verbal or physical abuse because of their disability. Um, I know that through the history that we've had and the conversations that we've had, um, that there are different things, little things that can actually trigger your your mental health uh, issues and, and side of things as well. Um, and so anyone who's currently in a position where they are feeling afraid or whether they feel emotionally or physically beaten up 
by this situation. Is there any word of encouragement that you can give to them in the conversation here? I think there's no one 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 size fits all quote that I can give you or statement that will help everyone. But I'd just say that you're not alone and there are people who want to, to hear hear your voice and be there for you. Um when it happened and obviously I'm still like I'm still not out of that like feeling how like low I was because of it. But I know that there are people around me who are there if I need if I need them and I've had messages from people who I've never spoken to before saying, I'm here if you want to chat or go for a coffee. And just remember that, and it is hard to see that when you're in that situation, you feel that low, but just remember that you're not like, there's always someone there to listen, whether that's through a a helpline like the Samaritans or whether that's through like other mental health services like Mind or Tech Shout um, or or the hub of hope there's always someone who who's there um you just just take as much time as you need but just know that there's always someone there to listen if you are struggling yeah brilliant thank you and i suppose kind of the 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 final question in in this mentality meets episode is to the people who are supporting those um, with disabilities or with mental health issues um, or both uh, in the context of, of this conversation um, what word of encouragement or if I want to word of hope can you give to them to be championing this change in society is there any word of hope or words of hope that you can give to those people who are the supporters yes um, like we just had Carers Week recently, or I can't—I don't know if it's still Carers Week. Um, my all my days are all over, over the place at the moment. But um, like, thank you for all of those carers who do step up and and help other people because it is a, a big challenge. And I know from like my family who helps me day to day, the impact it can have on them. But just remember, that you're doing an amazing job, and um, just keep doing what you're doing, really, because I think without the support and the networks that people, disabled people have, it, they can be very isolated and it can have a massive impact on them. So yeah, just thank you. Amazing. And you know what? I think in the context of just that message out to all those people who are the supporters and the carers, uh, a huge thank you to you. And just a reminder that if you want to come and join us uh, for the walk from Bournemouth Pier to Boscombe Pier, and you're close enough to us for June the 17th, 10.30, 2022, um, then please do come and join us on that walk. Um, the distance is about, I want to say it's about a mile and a half there and a mile and a half back. Is it that far or is it about a mile each way? I have no idea. I have I no idea. So you know what? Google it uh, and see what <laughs> see what the internet tells you um, of how far the distance is. But it's not going to be a, a fast walk or a pressured walk, but it is just going to be a time for us to get together and to show our solidarity against disability hate crimes. We know that one size does not fit all. So let's take time to approach people and support people with disabilities. Let's teach those around us that if you don't have anything kind or supportive to say, let's not say anything. And if you're a young person who wants to show solidarity against hate crimes, I'd love to hear from you. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode of Mentality Meets. No matter where you are on your mental health journey, you can find plenty of content and information about our resources at peterlarkham.com, including one of our mental health courses for you or your business. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can find our entire back catalogue of conversations with mental health leaders and experts. And if you want to spread the word, drop us a review on the podcast app. Share this with your friends. And thanks again for joining us for Mentality Meets, conversations that explore mental health stories and strategies to help leaders like you change the culture of mental health in your workplace.